Whoa! Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. Sorry about that. Alvi and I were having a rather lengthy conversation prior to the beginning of the program. There was an alarm. A different alarm of sorts. <laughs> Incredible. All right, my bad. No excuse. I should have got there sooner, but Alvin and I got caught up. All right, let's get it. Telephone number is toll free. I've got a big, big Tuesday show for you. Big in the sense that we've got big interviews. Big in the sense that we've got big content. Big in the sense that I'm going to put it out there for you. Now, all you have to do is give it back. Get up in here. one 636 8686 I do have an interview coming up in hour number one, but that does not mean, that does not preclude you calling in hour number one. You should. Do it right now. one 636 8686 Hit me up on the X platform at Jim Rome, R-O-M-E. And you can email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at Habitate.com. My schedule this week is a little wonky. And by wonky, I mean cool. I'm going to work today, but I'm off tomorrow and Thursday. The reason I'm off tomorrow and Thursday is I'm flying to New York on show business. So we'll have some guest hosts. I am not trying to get out of work. Just so you know, clones, just so you know, and much to the chagrin of even the XR4TI, I have not, and I've never done this before. We have a normal routine. At the end of every given year or the start of the next year, I lay out my entire vacation for the following year. Because after all, you know, I take a lot of vacation. And why do I take a lot of vacation? I get a lot of vacation. I have not even set up my vacation yet because that's how critical a year this is. That's how many things we're working on right now. So when I hit you with, damn, Rome, February, you're already taking days off. I'm not taking days off. I'm off of the show for two days midweek because I have show-related business in New York. So keep that in mind. What the, what's that mean to you? That means call me now. Call me right now, one 636 8686 It is toll-free. Alvi. <laughs> Incredible. Alvi's keeping it up. As always, the best show is not the one that's on the air, but the one that's running simultaneously alongside the one that's on the air. One day, I will tell you what we're talking about. All right, so in terms of the interviews, it sets up like this. I mentioned two great interviews. Here they are. DJ Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network draft analyst coming up at 940, getting ready for the combine. Coming up at 1020, the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris. Let's go. I like that. All right, and you have your telephone number, so don't waste it. Also, one more thing. Since last week we pushed out our Jim Rohn podcast a day late, I figured I'd push it out a day early this week. Steve Mariucci is my guest. It's good. How do I know? I've already done it. All right, so as we get into the program, as you all know, or should know, it is currently smack-off season. No. I do not have a date for SmackOff 30 yet, but that does not mean that we're not already in SmackOff season because we are. We're in season. Just to be perfectly clear on that, every single day is a shot at a golden ticket to win SmackOff 30 or to get on the watch list. So you should get in here and shoot your shot. Now, I'll tell you one guy that does not need a reminder. This guy needs no reminder that it's smack-off season. My dude, the snowman. 
the mafia's enforcer, the Bills' left tackle, my dude, Deion Dawkins. I don't need to tell the big fella to step his smack game up because Deion just unleashed an epic, incredible takedown of a divisional rival that is now all over the internet. And you should already know that rival in question. Of course, this dude went ham Mm. on the J-E-T-S. Now, ordinarily, this is where I say somebody pulled Deion Dawkins off the Jets. But I don't actually want that. Not at all. In fact, I can't get enough of Dion taking that entire 350-pound frame and climbing up to the top rope and then jumping off and crushing the Jets with all of his weight. So my man shows up on Vlad TV, of all places, for a wide-ranging interview that was about 90 minutes long. Dion said a lot of interesting things because, well, he's a very interesting dude. But by far the best part was when he stuffed the entire Jets organization into a locker. He basically took the Jets, shoved their collective heads into a toilet, and flushed. Just check out this description of what happened. Thank you, Alvin. Now close your eyes and imagine the entire Jets organization. And the big dude pushing their head into the toilet. And flushing. You want to talk about circling the drain. Just check out this description of what happened back in November. Of course, there's bad blood. But check out this description of what happened back in November when Dion got into a postgame scuffle in the tunnel with Jets defensive end Michael Clemens. Check this. Weirdos being weird. (laughs) Weirdos being weird. You know, I don't even want to get a man no credit. Talking about him, you know, but number 72. Michael Clements. Michael Clements. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch boy. Um, <laughs> bitch boy. You know, I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. All of them, bro. They are awesome. Like, when it comes to sports, right, there's people that play the sport because they love the sport. And then there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they play the sport to try to be cool. Like, those are a bunch of dudes that just want to take pictures on Instagram. Like, that's whack. Like, I play this because I'll die by it. I mean, what an absolutely masterful performance. That is a masterpiece. That is masterpiece theater. That's incredible. I mean, my man had me at just weirdos being weird. Weirdos being weird. I mean, all of that was so great. I've always liked this dude a lot. But I have never liked him as much as I do right now. Holy crap. Was that ever a takedown? Weirdos being weird. Michael Clements is a bitch boy. Bitch boy. (laughs) He's saying all this about an active player on a team in his own division. Love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. Love to see it. And then after he hit them with weirdos being weird... And I don't think he meant weird as weird is good. Just weird. Weirdos being weird. And the bitch boy blast. Weirdos. Weirdos being weird. Weirdos being whack. I love that whole notion too. About, like that's whack. Hey man, some of these guys play the game for love. Like we play the game because we love the game. Live and die. Love the game. Others play so they can post on Instagram. On Instagram. 
I love when he chased weirdos being weird and bitch boy with, man, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it a buck now. Another great line. Like he was holding back with weirdos being weird and the bitch boy blast. You know, I'm going to just keep it a buck. You know what? Screw it. Just screw it. I'm going to keep it a buck. After saying what he had said. I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. And they chase it with that. Incredible. Like, I'm breaking this down sentence by sentence because it's that much of a masterpiece. I'm going to keep it a buck. I hate them. I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. All of them, bro. Like. Like all of them. Sports, right? There's people that play the sport because they love the sport. And then there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they play the sport to try to be cool. Like, those are a bunch of dudes that just want to take pictures on Instagram. Like, that's <laughs> whack. Shot. Like, I play this because I'll die by it. Like, that's whack. So, that's whack. you absolutely hate them. And I absolutely love these quotes. Just burying a divisional rival in a random interview on Vlad TV. And, and, no shirt on. No shirt. Breathing fire. And just spitting smack. And he wasn't done either. If you were wondering what Michael Clemens did to draw that kind of reaction, Dion had some incredible quotes to describe that as well. Clemens is talking to us, really talking at 17. And first of all, why are you talking to my quarterback? Don't talk to my quarterback. Stay over there. Don't say nothing to none of my guys. Just stay over there, son. Like, don't talk to 17. I'm really serious about that. Don't talk to him. Don't say nothing to him at all, right? He's my Chris Myrick. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to defend him by any means, right? But he's not a bitch. Josh is not a bitch. Clement starts going, 13, you suck. F*** you. 79, F you. Went down a whole team. Everybody on the field. Bro, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm, I'm the OG. I've been on this line for the longest. I'm the one that's going to punch you in your face. I'm the one that's going to be about whatever we about. I'm the one that's going to kick that door down. I'm the one that's going to be the first one to shoot. In this football world, that's me, right? I'm the good guy, but I'm also the demon. Simple as that. I mean, dude, I got chills. I got chills. That is so amazing. I can feel the entire pride of the mafia right now. I have pride, and I've got nothing to do with it. That is so amazing. Bill's mafia... How proud are you of this dude? That's what the mafia wants their franchise left tackle to sound like. Quote, I'm the good guy, but I'm also the demon. I'm the OG. I've been on this line the longest. I'm the one that's going to punch you in the face. And most importantly, don't talk to 17. I'm really serious about that. Yeah, dude, I can tell. He's like, don't talk to 17. Don't talk to any of my guys. I mean, my man was straight up in fuego. But I'm also the demon. This is how it's done, man. Take, 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 take. Make, 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 make. I could listen to this guy go off all damn day. Now, that said, that incident with Clemens did result in Dion getting a flag and a fine. But he had yet another amazing take for that. I get a flag, yeah. The money yeah. was whatever, whatever. The money is ball, whatever. Right. They find us for everything. Right. Cool. Unnecessary roughness. I don't even know how that's a call. 
in a rough sport, like <laughs> unnecessary roughness. How is it unnecessary roughness? Like the like the league is made off of big plays and hard hits. Like we know what like what we are getting into. We violent. Like it's a violent game. Are you gonna get hit? So yeah, get the fine, <laughs> disregard it. <laughs> get the fine, disregard it. <laughs> get the fine. <laughs> Disregard it. You know, I understand that you want to make the game safer. I get that. I do. I understand that you want to make the game safer, especially for quarterbacks. You need stars. Nobody wants to watch the NFL with a bunch of scrubs and QB2s and QB3s. But he does make a pretty interesting point, right? Unnecessary roughness in the NFL has always been an oxymoron. It's a pro football game. So what makes it so watchable? What makes it so enjoyable? The violence. The roughness, unnecessary roughness, the roughness is necessary. Without the roughness, the game doesn't have nearly the appeal. I mean, maybe they don't do it anymore, but it was not that long ago that they used to crank out VHS cassettes of the gnarliest hits of all and then try and walk it back. Like, they'd sell it. They'd sell it. They'd profit off it and be like, oh, no, we can't have that. You know, the guy's just lying on the ground, bleeding out. Ask Deion Dawkins, especially when it comes to the Jets, all the roughness is necessary. Or, quote, super necessary. 100% of the roughness is totally needed. According to Dion, there is not enough roughness in the world for the Jets. It's all necessary, and it's all amazing. I mean, how can you not love that rant? That is an all-time rant. That's incredible. How can you not love it unless you're the Jets, obviously? And if the Jets don't love it, here's what they can do. Something, anything, win the division. You know, the one that Buffalo has won the last four years in a row, a.k.a. the same division that the J-E-T-S have not won since 2002. The hell are they going to say? Do you hear what I just said? They haven't won that division since 2002. The hell are they going to say? And Jets fan, I don't want you coming in here with some kind of nonsense about beating them in week one. Nobody cares. I definitely do not want to hear your comments about Dion's shirtless physique. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear about receipts. I definitely don't need baby boy. Respect, bro. But I don't need baby boy rolling up in here to tell us that Zach Coog Hunter Wilson is going to get revenge on Buffalo because, of course, he's not. What's up, baby boy? The only comeback for you, Jet fan and Jet player and Jet organization, is to actually start getting competitive with these dudes. Because while these dudes might not be ripping off Super Bowls, they still own you. These dudes aren't going anywhere, and they are in your way. And they absolutely love being in your way. Because they absolutely hate your guts. They own you. And Deion Dawkins just communicated all of that in the most perfect way possible. That's damn near a perfect conversation. That's what happens when you find a guy like that. And a topic like that. So I got to do it. It is smack-off season after all. I got to throw my dude a golden ticket right now. I don't know if he even knows what the smack-off is or what a golden ticket's all about or if he wants anything to do with it or if he'd even call on that day. But if he wants to, he's invited. Dion's in. My man, if you want to just call on the day of the smack-off and just go ham again on the Jets for five minutes, that might be enough to win. Definitely put you on the podium. 
Dude, your five minutes on the Jets might get you five Gur, big fella. Especially if the rest of you clones do not step your games up. Because frankly, I haven't seen anything that good from any of you in a long time. I need y'all to be like that showman. Snowman. Shoot your shots. Let them hands go. Don't be weirdos being weird. Weirdos being Don't weird. Don't be bitch boys and bitch, bitch boys. girls. You know, I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. I love how he wasn't keeping it a buck. You know, you know what? You know what? Screw it. Screw it. I'm going to keep it a buck. Let's get real. Man, I hate them. Bitch boy. You know, he actually complimented, to be I fair, he did compliment a couple of them. But not many. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to keep it a buck. So good. In any, in any way, like, or in any event, clones, what I'm saying is be like that guy. That's I know you can't be like that guy, but try to be like that guy. Try to be like Dion and rip a golden ticket and get in the smack off field of 30. Or the smack off 30 field, I should say. He wasn't even trying and he did. Hopefully, now this is key, hopefully Michael Clemens heard all of that. And he goes, demon on Dion. An important thing that we judge in the smack off is the reaction, the counter. If somebody calls you out in the smack off, you got to respond. There is no maybe about that. You could have God's gift of a script. But if you don't react to being called a bitch boy, bitch boy, you're going to get run. You little fanboy bitch. All the grades do it. And not some canned response that you already had the night before. It needs to be instant. It's got to be off the cuff. It's got to be in reaction to something you just heard. That's why the best like to go late in the show. So they can collect all that smack and then crack back accordingly. Hey, Michael, I don't know you, but let it fly. My best advice. You got to do better than a couple of lines about Dion having no shirt on. It's a good start, but it's way too obvious, and it will not carry. It will not sustain. I don't want to hear about his moves. That was incredible. Dion, my man. Breastfeeding Josh Allen is not going to get you a win. In fact, I shouldn't be talking about 17. I mean, I knew Dion had something in him, something legit. Even I don't know that he had that in him. That was incredible. An all-time legendary takedown. Hey, Jets fans, reaction. Hey, Mafia, where are you at? I'll take your thoughts on that, too. Credible piece of sound. All right, so in addition to that, once again, I've got Daniel Jeremiah coming up at 940. You know he will kill it. Raheem Morris coming up at 1020. Other topics before I go to break. And I had to start with that. That was just too good. I want to talk about Monty Williams and the fact that the Pistons got jammed by the ref show and Monty had a tirade of his own. Love the guy. Respect the guy. We all do. He did get jammed. The refs admitted they got jammed. But Monty came out there with rage and fury and called it an abomination. My man, with all due respect, and you know I got nothing but respect for you. When you coach a team that has eight wins, calling anything an abomination is the biggest abomination of all. It's a great word. Just the context is all wrong. Great word, poor use of said word. 
There is no abomination as it relates to your team other than your team itself. My dude, you got eight wins. No one's going to sympathize with you getting jammed by the ref show. Hey, you know what's awesome? I've not really gotten into this, but I want to today. It looks like, it looks like one of my all-time favorite athletes, and I don't play favorites, one of my all-time favorite athletes, Anthony Kim, is actually going to come back. I mean, I could do three hours on that alone. The fact that he exploded onto the scene the way he did, then got injured badly, then disappeared off the grid completely. It's impossible in this day and age that nobody ever saw AK. Like, nobody has any idea where he went for over a decade. But now apparently he's back and he's going to play in a live event. That, to me, is their biggest signing ever, ever. Not their best player ever, but their biggest signing ever. Now you have my attention. And I want to get into that, and I want to flash back to a conversation that he and I had in 2008 on this show. So I've got all of that. And your telephone calls, 1-800-636-8686. Got the combine coming up. Hey, Bills fan, it's football 24-7 for you, right? I'm looking for your reaction to what the big fella just did to the Jets. Hey, Jets fan, I mean, are you so beaten down you're just going to take that? Bitch boy. <laughs> Weirdo's getting weird. And now I'm going to now I'm gonna keep it a buck. It's so good. Wait, they, that wasn't real? That wasn't 100 before? This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus powered by Intel Core processors and more. And curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you will have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Once again, that's dell.com slash deals. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Very quickly, get your phone out. Search for the Prize Picks app. Everybody is doing it, including myself and my crew. It's on my phone right now. It is on the phone of everybody on the XR4TI. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. For me, it is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. I made this point. I'll make it again right now. I never played daily fantasy sports until I found Prize Picks. Unlike other apps, on Prize Picks, it's just you against the numbers. You have one job and one job only. Pick more or less on two to six players and their daily stat projections. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into 1,000 bucks. Alvin just showed me a screenshot. Alvin hit six. Alvin hit six. Damn, dude. I'm surprised you're still here. Also, he did. I've got the screenshot. I have not hit six yet. Quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players, sports, and stats. That's Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E, and get a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. $100. Who does that? 
That's code Rome, R-O-M-E, on prize picks for a deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It is that easy. You do have to be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Got Daniel Jeremiah coming up in 10 minutes from now. Really quickly, Mike D for three. Quote, weirdos being weird. Signed, furries, cosplayers, and people who donate to presidential campaigns. Weirdos being weird. Hey, Rome. Weirdos being weird. Regards, polygamous. Weirdos being weird. Mitch from Buffalo. Yeah, it's Squirrel too. Hey, yo. Haven't seen you in a minute, dude. The jungle has its own bitch boy. Bitch boy. <laughs> Sincerely, the caller who said, Alvy, you bitch. And Alvy, thanks for not screwing up my name this time. You bitch. You don't like the bitch boy. I'm sure Dom and Erie would be honored to hold the jungle gloss. Bitch boy. Bitch boy. Hey, Rome. No way, Alvy. Why did you run him? Hey, Rome. The Jets will react to Deion Dawkins body slamming them by posting another 5 and 12 season. Mike in Buffalo. Jake in Buffalo, quote, I'm going to keep it a buck. Regards, Scotty Pippen tipping on a $100 bill. I see what you did there, Jake. I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. Hey, Rome. Bill's Mafia must be beaming with pride. Much like me. Regards, Whitey's dad. Scott and Crabchester. Alvy's not biting. We've all been watching a guy on Romy's keys perform like no albino ever has. And always behind him I'm gonna just keep it for the world to see. A beaming Mr. Alvin. I'm gonna just keep it a buck. I hate them. Smiling whiteies. Like, that's right. Like, I play this because I've got no idea how amazing that was in that moment. I Afraidy. Going off Neem's original song, Michael's Dad, and turning it into Whitey's Dad and playing the Casio himself. The best. All right. I mean, perfect. Perfectly played. Perfect lyrically, perfect singing. I afraid he. I've always said this, and I'll say it again right now. I'll always say this. I'll take this to my grave. He is one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life in any walk of life. On or off the air. There is so much that dude you would not believe. Brilliant, brilliant guy. And not just because of that song. In part, because of that song. I mean, let's just keep it a buck, right? He's smarter than the rest of us. He is. No matter how much you hate that guy or how old you think that guy is or how many cigarettes you think he smokes. And by the way, he doesn't smoke. He's just smarter than everybody else. All right, when we come back, another really smart guy, DJ Daniel Jeremiah, getting ready for the combine. Raheem Morris, next hour. Here is just... Hip... Bogey...
Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. All right, so we're efforting Daniel Jeremiah. We'll find him momentarily. Meantime, some more reaction. Romeo, weirdos being weird, signed Disneyland employees when they see obese divorcees jiggling their A1C bodies in front of the Matterhorn for TikTok. Weirdos being weird. V in the fee. War Jules dentist keeping her two front teeth a buck. You're on that line, V. You're on that line, V. Again, there is no loophole or workaround for the JN. Just a moratorium. Hey, at Jim Rome. My brother is in Boulder for a meeting today. I said, bro, you got to do three things. Find rogues, a dog, and some edibles. You and rogues eat the edibles, then take that canine to at Big Head Bets dog wash. At producer it, Tom, bro. at Jack Savage, wore him traveling safely. Brian oh, in Erie. Oh. Boy, that'd be something. So your bro is in Boulder. Our younger son, Logan Rome, attends school in Boulder. And you're saying, find rogues, find a dog and some edibles. I don't know that Rogues is an edibles kid, frankly. But he is a college kid, so who knows, right? That dude keeps everything on the low. He only tells me what he wants me to know, so I don't really know what he's into. Hence that text on Super Bowl morning. I'm like, oh, this is cool. The kid's texting me. Don't see that very often. More on that momentarily. As promised, we are joined right now by an NFL Network draft analyst. He is also the LA Chargers radio analyst. He is also the co-host of the Move the Six podcast. And NFL Network is going to provide over 50 hours of coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine this week. Live coverage of the on-field drills starting Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Of course, I am talking about Daniel Jeremiah. DJ, huge week. I know you've been prepping hard. Thanks so much for joining us. DJ, how you doing? What's going on, Rome? It's great to be with you, brother. I didn't know if we were uh, if we we're just doing all combine or if we we're going to mix in some Ethan Salas as our 17-year-old catcher who's raking in spring training right now. <laughs> you like what you see from him. Dude, 17 years old. What were we doing when we were 17 years old? I feel like a failure. Seriously, nothing that important. Nothing that important. You're right, though. I feel you, dude. So let me ask you why I could jump. I was going to ask you about the coaches not attending – but our time is kind of short, so I'm going to put on the back burner for a minute. Caleb Williams, you've got projected as the number one overall pick. That's not surprising. We know what he achieved in college, DJ, but as impressive as it was, it doesn't guarantee future domination on the next level. Where would you like to see him improve if he is going to become a franchise quarterback on the next level? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a secret, Jim. He's, you know, he's going to have to play a little bit more in structure and a little bit more on time. Um, you know, I, I'm one who gives him a little bit of a pass because, you know, when you go through and watch their tape and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a reason why he got into some of those habits in the back half of the year. You know, when you're, 
when you're playing quarterback and they're rushing three and dropping eight and you're getting immediate pressure because your guard got whooped right off the snap, um, you're getting some bad habits, man. There's nowhere to go with the ball, so you're trying to create and make something happen that's not there. Um, I thought there were times where, you know, he kind of got bored with completions, which you can't do. You know, he's big play hunting. He's got to take what's there. I, I think those are all correctable, though. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm bullish on him. I hope he gets with the you know with the right coaches and uh, and they are you know able to instill some of these things in him. They're able to protect him. You know, a lot of times these kids come out of college and they go to the NFL and it's like, man, they've never they've never played behind a bad offensive line before, or they've had you know superior talent coming from a lot of these schools where you're you're in a control position because your defense doesn't give up a ton. And uh, and you play with the lead, and it's a lot easier to play the position that way. This is not that case. Like he he played with the 121st scoring defense in the country at USC. Um, to put it in perspective, Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech, they were 128. So his his group that he played with on the other side of the ball was a lot closer to uh, you know the Texas Tech that Mahomes played with than it was to the you know the the Matt Liner USC Trojan days. Such good points. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. So, DJ, the question of the combine, or one of them, do you think the Bears will see him as such a generational talent that they simply have to take him at number one? Or or could you make the argument that they've seen enough improvement from Justin Fields, that they'd feel good about trading that top pick to get even more assets to build around him? In other words, if you were Chicago, what would you do? I'm going to chase the A-level quarterback, you know, and I give – Fields credit. I think Fields has gone. If you're going to say Fields made the adjustment from and the improvement from a C level quarterback to a B level quarterback, um, I, I still am going to chase the A man. I just, I, I to me, I, I look at the Super Bowls and you look at them like in a decade span, and you might get the outlier year where you're like, you know what, we used all our resources, we built up the whole team, and we were able to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know, every now and then you get one, okay, hey, we won one with Brad Johnson, you know, Trent Dilfer, whatever. The, the majority of those Super Bowls are won by the Tom Brady's and the Patrick Mahomes, like the elite, elite dudes. Um, and I want to I wanna have one of those guys. So even though Caleb coming and say, hey, maybe Caleb, there's risk there, but I know there's also the upside of the A, uh, of him being an A-level quarterback. And that's, to me, I think at some point in time, there's no perfect prospects. But you've got to take your shot, man. You've got to go for it. And I think that's uh, that's what that decision would entail, and that's what I would do. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, since you're part of that broadcast team for the Chargers, I don't want you to get sideways with your new head coach, Jim Harbaugh. But <laughs> let me just say this. He predicted a few weeks back that his quarterback from Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, would be the first quarterback taken in the draft. We know that's not going to happen. But where do you see him landing? What do you like most about his game? Well, I, I said that he's in a, like an acquired taste. So the more I watched him, the more I liked him. Um, because, look, when you watch him on TV, as we all did, and you watch Michigan, you're like, dude, what does this guy do? Like, they just run the ball and play defense. Like, he doesn't really have to do anything. And then when you dig into the tape, and the more you watch, and the more you watch, and you see key third downs, and you, you, know, you see those key moments where they need him to do things, and he does it. You watch um, you know, him against Ohio State last year in the game that he had. Uh, you know, and playing great in that one. And then fourth down in the playoff, you know, season on the line, he makes the play. So you got to watch more of him because he doesn't have the sheer volume that these other guys have because they didn't need him to. But I, I think it's all in there. I think he's got the skill set. Um, he's, by all accounts, really, really a bright kid. Kind of reminds me, the more I watched him, of like, this kind of gives me like an Alex Smith vibe. Like, same type build, 
doesn't get bored taking completions, just kind of just, you know, makes the play that's there. Um, not extra, just a really, really solid player. And that, you know, that's going to be appealing to teams the more work they do on him. All right, so DJ, your rankings of the top 50 draft prospects does not have a quarterback at number two, but rather Ohio State receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., which is understandable, right? He's a freak. Does he look to you like the NFL's next dynamic playmaker? And then what's your overall outlook on the wide receiver class? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's going to slide right in there with that, that top group that we have. I mean, he's really, really physically gifted. I, I don't think he's alone. I, I think those other guys, uh, with a Doonesday from Washington and neighbors from LSU, I think they're special players, totally different, you know, styles. Neighbors being kind of the dynamic run after catch, you know, get on top vertical guy, um, you know, big, big plays. With a Doonesday, you get the catch radius, the physicality. I think he's going to surprise people when he rips off a low 4-4 out here, too, at like 218 pounds. He's got like a little bit of T.O. to him, to be honest. Um, so he's a he's a really, really talented player. And then, you know, we, we talk about Marvin. So this college game, Jim, with, you know, with high school, seven-on-seven, and every college in the country throwing the rock, like we're going to see wide receivers every single year. It's just what the game's given us. Hey, TJ, let me ask you something. When you talk about evaluation, like many thought that S2 cognitive test had become such a key. And then, of course, you know where I'm going. It took hey, – the stock was not as high when C.J. Strzok bombed his test allegedly and then went out and had an amazing season. So when you look at things like that, like what do you make of that as a determining or as kind of a tool for teams to use? Is it as important after that? And then what do you make of the jerk or jerks who leaked the score in the first place? Yeah, I'll work backwards. Like, I don't understand why in the world you'd ever do that. Like, it just, I don't, it's somebody's, it's somebody's life. Um, I just, I don't get that. I mean, there's a lot of people who have access to information, um, but somebody decided to, to, to put that out there. So I, I don't agree with it. Uh, I just don't know whatever would lead anybody to want to do that. But um, working from into the front of your question, Jim, there's no – trust me, everybody's been trying to find, like, the, the, the cheat code here on evaluating quarterbacks. And it turns out maybe the only thing harder than playing the position is evaluating the position. Hmm. There's no – you know, there's no secret formula. You know, Parcells used to have his, like, criteria. If you check all these boxes, that was – you know, that was crucial. And then you had guys that came in and didn't do that. You know, we had, uh, okay, we're in the era of the, you know, we came out of the era of the big quarterbacks. We had, you know, Brady at 6'5", Roethlisberger 6'5", plus, Peyton 6'5", plus. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson comes around like, Wait, come on, this guy can't play, he's tiny. And then uh, he goes out and has, has his success. Then we, then we see Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know, off schedule, creative playmakers, like, okay, well, that's the direction we need to go. And now we've got Brock Purdy, you know, playing at Super Bowls. So it's, there's no, you know, there's no type. There's no, there's no test uh, that you can have cognitively or even just watching the tape. Uh, Jim, it's, it's, uh, it's about finding the right fit for these guys in the right locations where they can really accentuate their strengths and hide their weaknesses. And that's really what it is. Such great stuff. He is an NFL Network draft analyst, as you know, good friend of the program. The NFL Network is going to be all over the Combine, 50 hours of coverage of the Combine this week, live coverage of the on-field drills beginning Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Daniel Jeremiah, our guest. DJ, appreciate you so much. I know you got a huge week ahead of you. Thanks for starting it off with us, DJ. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you, Ron. We'll wrap again soon. You got it. My man, Daniel Jeremiah. Nobody better.
I'm just going to leave it at that. Nobody better. Nobody better. You will never, ever find a better dude, and you will never find anybody better at their job. That's as good as it gets. All right, so we move into hour number two. Coming up next hour, Raheem Morris. Telephone line, toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. And I'm still waiting for either a Bills fan. Well, actually, I've seen them. Hey, Jets fans, you still out there? Or did that guy just kill you? Where are you, Jets fan? 